Today on Chatting About College, we begin a series of interviews with our alumni faces honorees. Our class of 2022 includes five outstanding alumni. We're honoring them for their professional achievements and contributions to the college and the community. The first honoree we'll introduce you to immigrated to this country with her two younger sisters, whom she raised while earning college degrees and becoming a valuable member of the Central New York community. Our conversation with her is next. Well, welcome to Chatting About College, a podcast originating from Onondaga Community College in Syracuse, New York. My name is Roger Marabito. We record our conversation in the studios of our Broadcast Media Communications degree program. It's located in the Whitney Applied Technology Center on our campus. Our guest today is Hasina Adams. Hasina, welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Great to have you back on campus. Yes. Um, When you got the letter informing you that you were an alumni face for 2022, what'd you think? I was so happy. I was elated. Um, When I opened the email and and read, read it, I ran to my sister, my oldest sister and youngest sister, and it was just like jumping up and down with excitement, um, telling them about this amazing um, honor, you know, that's that's been bestowed upon me. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited. And before we recorded, we walked around campus and you could see some of the past honorees and that kind of thing. And that that would be kind of special to see all the people who have been honored before and what they've accomplished. Certainly, yes. Um, a lot of the faces and bios that I got to see during um, our walk, it's amazing mm-hmm. the, the things that people have achieved and to be among them and and to be honored in this way, such a great um, opportunity that I, I'm very grateful for. So you have an amazing story. Let's talk about it. You grew up in South Africa. What was life like there for you? It was both beautiful in the sense that I was around people that I could call family. Uh, we had to stay, establish relationships with um, a lot of family friends and um, you know, it, it was the place that I sort of formed my, like, I spent a lot of time sort of um, becoming the person that I am today. Uh, it shaped me into the person that I am today. Um, I got to really sort of nurture my identity in a sense in mm. South Africa. One thing that was always looming in the back of my mind living in South Africa is um, the idea that I didn't have a place to call home. Mm-hmm. So as a refugee, you're not necessi- you're recognized in the sense that um, the government n- understands that you've fled your home country due to extenuating circumstances, um, but that does not give you like citizenship or any f- it gives you legal status but not citizenship, so you don't have access to certain privileges and services. So um, life was difficult in that sense. Um, but, you know, when my mom applied for resettlement and we ended up coming here, um, I now had a place to call home, a place where I could establish my roots and sort of, um, build myself and the person that I'd like to become. So you mentioned your mom, she passed away in 2014 and two years later, you came to the United States with two sisters and you were helping raise them. You really had to grow up fast, didn't you? I did. Um, it was actually my younger brother and younger sister that okay. I helped raise. Yes. Um, but I also had an older sister. And although she was um, active in 
the household in a sense, helping out. Um, I took on the head of household sort of role. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's something that a mom helped nurture when we were back home. Um, she, I don't know if it's sort of foreshadowing or just, you know, a mother's instincts, but she always had it in the back of her mind that if anything ever happened to her, also given the um, life circumstances that had, you know, happened before, if anything ever happened to her, there should be, could be someone in the household to keep us together, to ensure that we didn't get separated, one didn't get adopted or like put into foster care. Um, and something that my mom really cherished was that like strong bond between us. Um, she wanted, her hope was to sort of keep that going, whether she was around or not. And um, I appreciate all the life lessons that she's sort of passed on um, that have helped me and my siblings keep that unity together. So you arrived in Syracuse and right away you found a home at the Northside Learning Center. What clicked for you there? The people, um, it, ju it just felt like like South Africa. Um, when when my family fled political persecution in Uganda, um, we and ended up in South Africa. Like growing up, that was sort of my idea of home. Um, although it wasn't really fully um, established in a sense, because again, that refugee status did not give me access to citizenship. So coming here and meeting people who I could relate to, um, communicate with, talk about stories about back home and, mm -hmm. you know, laugh about all like silly things, um, that feeling of familiarity mm -hmm. helped um, sort of create that community that we felt lacked when we came here. We're very isolated, felt alone. Um, so being around people that we could connect with just made the adjustment period a lot more easier. Mm -hmm. um, and it gave us sort of access to um, people who are already established here who could also help us navigate through different systems and, you know, sort of figure life out as minors. So while you were a student here, you stayed very connected to Northside. You were teaching middle school age girls there. What kind of things were you uh, helping them with? Um, I would help them with the homework. So if they were given any schoolwork to do, um, they would come in and would take a look at it, work on it together. Um, we'd also do just uh, basic sort of um, like lessons on different topics, so from science to English, um, math, just to help them improve in the areas that they were struggling in. Um, I know back home I struggled with like math. Um, so for a lot of kids, that's also a similar struggle that they have. Um, so working together to sort of improve those skills and um, also have fun. We'd have like fun-filled activities, do different science projects, just to give kids um, a positive environment to be in once they got out of school and just didn't, you know, feel like um, doing all that extra work. So you're teaching there. You're a full-time student here. And I want to mention some of the things you were a part of here because it's it's really impressive just what you did here not even thinking about the other stuff. You were part of the Phi Theta Kappa Honor Society, member of the History Club, the International Club, 
and the Collegiate Science and Technology Entry Program, which we call C-STEP. You must have some great memories of just your time here at OCC with everything you were involved with. Yes, yes, I do. I think the two things that stand out to me the most um, is the History Club and um, the Muslim Students Association. Fight the Ada Cup and everything else, of course, that was always my goal Mm -hmm. coming in. Um, But the History Club specifically because that was when I learned to own my voice. Um, So one semester... We had elections, and um, they were looking for new offices. And I went into the classroom with my best friend, and we sat in the back, not really knowing what we were doing there. Initially, I was just a member. I would go to club activities. Um, so when I went in there, I just out of the blue, I decided to run for president. Really? On the spot. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even planned. Um, and... You know, the the person announcing all these different positions um, informed people in the room, if you're interested in applying for the position, like write your name down and send it to the front. Um, And then you'd have to give a speech. And again, all of it was impromptu. I gave my speech. I sat down. um, And then they ended up voting, ended up becoming the president, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So um, I think looking back, I really appreciate the different opportunities that were available to me to help me get out of my shell because I was very introverted. Um, I would shy away from doing things that required like public facing sort of activities. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything that would have me speaking in public or doing things in front of a group of people, I just, I didn't like it um, because I didn't feel that I was ready in a sense um, or capable imposter syndrome. (laughs) So um, doing that and just seeing the fruits of it helped me um, regain my confidence and Mm -hmm. um, just empower myself to do the things that I want to do and not hold myself back because of fear. So your experience here really just sounds like it really changed everything about you. It did. It did. It transformed me, transformed the way I think, well, the way I thought, the um, perceptions that I had, ideas of my own identity, um, aspirations I had, limitations I thought were holding me back, just a whole host of sort of existential, you know, thoughts. Interesting. So your final semester here was the spring of 2017. And during that semester, you awarded a SUNY Chancellor's Award for Student Excellence which is the highest award which can be bestowed on any SUNY student. I'm wondering what you thought about winning that. I was <laughs> just as, um, you know, the excitement and the joy I felt seeing that email from Russ and you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the same emotion I felt when I received the news that I had been selected as a recipient. Initially, you know, with like all the data, the number of people that applied, the number of people selected, I didn't think I would make it even to like the top 10 pool, um, let alone be selected. So having that opportunity and being told that I was a recipient just helped empower me even more. It, it gave me even more confidence to believe in myself and my abilities and and not allow, you know, fears or like this um, idea of comparing myself to others sort of limit me mm. and and what I could achieve. So you finish at OCC and you transfer to Syracuse University and you wound up graduating magna cum laude with honors with a degree in international relations and a minor in political science. What was your SU experience like? 
It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, I think just like OCC, I really learned to um, break out of my shell and my comfort zone and, and do even more than what I had done here. I got to study abroad, which is something that I never thought I'd be able to do, partly because I, you know, having raised, helped raise my siblings, I, I always felt like I had to be around them to to protect them and keep them safe. And um, being able to sort of break away from that and find myself and figure myself out and what I want from life outside of being, you know, the pseudo parent at home, um, it was just so liberating. Yeah, I, I yeah. felt I felt very liberated. Um, and I think it just gave me a new perspective in life, uh, pushed me to to go beyond my sort of limits in a sense and to um, aspire for greatness. All the time you were at SU, you were still involved with the Northside Learning Center, right? Yes, I was. Northside Learning Center is, is, is like a second home to me. <laughs> um, I, I, I feel that I owe a lot of my um, blessings to the Northside Learning Center, a lot of the opportunities that have been made available to me somehow connected to the Northside Learning Center, the people at the Northside Learning Center. Um, so I don't think I'd be who I am right now without the support that I've received from um, the great mentors that I've had there. And one thing I wanted to mention, your last semester here, you approached our diversity council about real extreme needs at the Northside Learning Center for things we might take for granted, like staplers or scotch tape. How did that work out for everyone? It worked out great. Um, I was I was really um, amazed by the amount of support that we received from OCC, uh, the supplies that we got. It was just things that, like you said, people take for granted, but mm -hmm. are so um, helpful in a community that's so under resourced, um, and and just you know having all the boxes and the people come through and the supplies. I mean, it, it was just so exciting um, and, and heartwarming and just made me realize how amazing OCC is and, um, you know, how connected the school is to the community too. A lot mm -hmm. of times you'll have a school um, in a community but not involved and there's that sort of detachment. And it, it was just great to see how um, the outpouring of support that we received from here. Well, you may have heard this before, but communities are middle name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that saying. Yes. Um, so now you're working at Hiscock Legal Aid. You're a legal aid in their immigration department. Tell us about your work there. What's it like? It's amazing. Um, having gone through the immigration process, you know, I can relate to the struggles that a lot of the people we work with go through. And being able to give back in a way that's more than just words it, it, it's just a fulfilling feeling that I don't think um, most people sort of get to experience. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm very fortunate that I get to work with a great team of people, amazing attorneys um, who love their job, love giving back and, and just, you know, giving a second chance to people who've gone through unimaginable um, events in their lives. And your goal a year from now is to be getting ready to go to law school. Is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I do plan to go to law school. Um, I want to specialize in immigration law. Mm -hmm. and I'm very grateful that Hiscock Legal Aid Society has given me this opportunity to 
um, get that hands-on experience and to also affirm my desire to go to law school and practice in this area. A lot of people I talk to tell me that immigration law doesn't make a lot of money. You're always going to be poor or, um, you know, focuses so much on like the challenges that people go through. And so you might get burned out over time and, and seeing the attorneys that I work with um, and the great work that they do and the passion that they have and the impact their work has on people's lives. I, it's it's so different from what I've been told for so long mm-hmm. um, that I'm so excited. I look forward to the day I get to um, go to law school, graduate and actually you know, do this line of work. Well, you have a great outlook and a great perspective on it. Money's important, but it's not everything. And yeah. if you're doing something you love, you're going to be very happy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hasina Adams, congratulations on being named an alumni face. We're really looking forward to you being back on campus October 6th. You'll have a chance to speak with current students and have a lunch with our president, Dr. Warren Hilton, and we'll have a great ceremony that night where we're looking forward to recognizing you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for this amazing honor and opportunity. And I'm very grateful to OCC, the selection committee, and everyone involved in this process. And thank you as well to our Broadcast Media Communications degree program for use of their studios here on campus. And thanks to you for listening. I'm Roger Mirabito. Hope you've enjoyed chatting about college. You can find future and previous episodes at places like iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find pretty good podcasts.